0: This episode of Sports with Friends is brought to you by Alera Health Products. Every time I turn on the news, there is something about COVID. There is something about the flu. There is something about viruses. Medical experts are understaffed. There's so much going on. The best way to avoid doctors is to improve your immune health. There's a product that I just learned about called immune Extra, and it's the only product available that can increase immune health up to ninefold in as little as nine days. It does so by increasing the amount of messenger cells that alert the immune system of any invaders. It's only one per day for maintenance. Think of it as a multivitamin for the immune system. Dosages can be increased to up to 15 per day, with no side effects ever reported after millions of doses. It's been around for over 30 years just new to sports with friends. It's not new to the world. It's now available in a triple strength formula originally sold only by doctors. And if you have tested positive for COVID or any respiratory illness, it's a true medicine cabinet product. Immediately when someone close to me tested positive, I wanted to know exactly what I should do. I contacted doctors While we are not giving medical advice, this is something you want in your possession. It should be taken upon the onset of symptoms. Go to their website, www.immunextra.com. And when you're checking out, get 15% off just for finding this from Sports With Friends. The keyword that you have to type when you're at checkout is friends15. You know, friends. Friends15 at immuneextra.com. And go to their website and check it out. Because if you don't want to just take my word for it, listen, my word's not gospel. Neither is anyone else's that you might hear from today. But go to the website. Check it out. Read about it. And you know what else I did? I googled it. Click on news. There's nothing about any harm. There have been no side effects. There's nothing about this that would be alarming. Give your immune system a fighting chance against everything that's out there in the world, including COVID. Go to immuneextra.com, use the keyword friends15, and they'll know you found this from Sportsman Friends. welcome to sports with friends this is episode 339 and this week we are going to be talking about the national hockey league we've done a bunch of hockey podcasts in the past we've done some breakdowns of the nhl we have the commissioner gary bettman episode 299 this one is going to be fun before that i do want to thank everybody first of all the social media For the passing of my father was incredible, but also the reaction to what we said about Warren Moon last week, the fact that he offered to come on after we had to cancel the week before the Super Bowl week, that was really, really cool as well. Dan Rosen uh, is a longtime reporter for NHL.com, so he works for the league, but he's not restricted in any way in what he can discuss. So I'm looking forward to a very open, honest, transparent conversation. We're also going to talk about the latest odds and what's going on in sports with the head odds maker at BovadaSportsBook.com, Patrick Morrow.
1: Patrick, give us a preview. Talking hockey, we're talking hoops, and like your boy Dan Rosen, I've got the scoop.
0: Sounds great. We'll talk to you then. Dan Rosen is a longtime reporter for the NHL and NHL.com. Dan, welcome to the podcast. We've done radio shows. You've never been on this show. How do I find? I'm almost running out of friends. Thank you for coming on. <laughs> I'm glad I made the list. How about that? That's that's the important thing. I know, but curmudgeons always, when I tell them the episode number, this is uh, episode 338. People go, you did 300 goddamn episodes and you're first calling me now? So at least you're taking a positive spin on it.
2: Hey, I'm just, I'm glad you didn't do 400 before calling me. All right. How about that? You know, we're, we're an optimistic (laughs) viewpoint here.
0: Oh my God. If I have episode 400, I'm already going to stress about that one. Um, (laughs) The NHL, this was a time I wanted to talk about hockey. Um, I kind of earmarked this window of post Super Bowl. Right. Um, You know, regardless of what's going on in baseball, I don't want to even get there. Um, the NHL is always in it. February is a weird month, um, because of what happened with the Olympics.
2: Yes, Very, so, it's a weirder month because of that, for sure.
0: Yeah. Well, sure. And then there's this weird question: How did the NBA cancel or reschedule three games due to COVID, and the NHL almost a hundred? Um, that's a weird question too. So I thought we could start there. Um, the NHL decided rather than revamp their entire schedule. They would leave the Olympic break in and then just use the time to play all the rescheduled games. So teams are getting eight, nine, 10 day breaks, but they're not the same breaks. So is there a fairness issue here? Like could they have done full slates in the first five days and then give everybody eight days off? How could they spread it out? I think for TV, right?
2: They spread it out for TV, but I think the, biggest thing was building availability right I mean that's that's the biggest thing because concerts
0: and whatnot
2: yeah the window the NBA didn't have this window open right I mean there was no Olympic window for the NBA so they didn't have that two and a half weeks to look at and say if we had to reschedule games Mm -hmm. we could do it then right the NHL did and it became what they didn't want to use originally, but then it became the, the convenience of being able to use it. So that's where it starts, but also it becomes about building availability because there was not supposed to be any NHL hockey at that, you know, from February 3rd, depending on, you know, actually, yeah, the yeah. 3rd through the, the 22nd, 20, 20 right? Second, right? It's actually longer than that. When you consider the all-star break started, before, you know, well, it was right around that time, February 3rd, through the 22nd and yes, so and jack
0: hughes got robbed okay we'll cover okay, that later. Yeah. <laughs> uh
2: and so <laughs> because of that their building availability became harder because the 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 owners of these buildings the operators of these buildings said well if we're not going to have any hockey we can book some shows we can put some concerts in that time Then when the decision came down that there was no Olympics for the NHL this season and they needed to squeeze some games in now they had to find available dates at the same time. Right. So that had something to do with it as well. So it becomes harder to give every team the same type of schedule and then give every team that break because of building availability and the building availability, like I said, Was not really in the NHL's control because they had originally told all these owners and operators, you have this window, right? And then makes
0: perfect sense. But a lot of the concerts were canceled, too, for the same reason.
2: There were some not in in some markets. Yes. Like in in here, in our market in Madison Square Garden. Sure. Like Billy Joel, I know, canceled a few right there, you know, but in Prudential Center, yeah, Prudential Center, too. But people
0: know I'm a devil's person. So if we go Madison Square Garden and don't give equal time, then I'm going to get feedback on social.
2: Fair enough. I got you. All right. But you know, Florida, Nashville, or these other markets—they weren't doing that, right? I mean, right, they weren't right. canceling. It depends on where you are located. At this, well, you know, COVID didn't exist in Florida, right? In some places, yeah. So, so <laughs> it, it does come down to that, and and it, and it's—I don't think it's a fairness issue. I think it's honestly like you know, there were some teams that took the break and they were like, I am I want this break. I'm happy for this break. I need this break, you know? And then there were other teams that were like, no, 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 we're fine. We'll take the couple of days and then we'll be right back. And some other teams were like, I know, like, I remember talking to Rod Brendamore at all-star weekend and, and Rod Brendamore was like, you know, Hey, we're right. I got to go to Ontario, like right after this, you know, he's in Vegas and he's like, I got to be careful. Cause I got to go to Ontario right after this. And we're, we're rolling, we're playing. And um it was a different all-star break for a lot of teams because of that you know it was was for a lot of guys because of that but it really comes down to i think you know in terms of how they were able to schedule it's really just the building availability
0: well and i i want to i don't want to misconstrue i this was not when i wasn't compromising the the integrity of it i'm saying was the season compromised because of mitigating circumstances. Right. Not, right. The league did the best it could. Yeah, there, absolutely. There's no, yeah. There's yeah. no question. Yeah,
2: absolutely. Um, and, and it's hard. It's hard. You know, it's because, I mean, Steve Hatsopetros is the guy who who does the schedule for the NHL. I can't
0: imagine the that, job. that job has to be the hardest job. I met you know? Katie Feeney. I watched her do the baseball schedule once yeah. like 20 years ago. It's one of the hardest things. I don't care how much technology you have. There's no app for that. Right. it's 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 impossible mm-hmm. yeah okay so they have this break so they were very laxadaisical when it came to if there was any question cancel. there were a handful of teams the Bruins, the Panthers, the Devils all had um, times where they could only dress 17 skaters because of covid lists um, why weren't those games postponed? I always thought that you know if you're gonna what I noticed, and I wasn't keeping hard tabs on it, but teams that were only dressing 17 all Mm. lost. Like they, they all lost those games. And what my, my point is, is that, you know, everything with COVID is in flux, but I guess the root question, let's, let's just get to the bottom of it so we can move on from COVID is why were there a hundred games impacted by COVID and in the other sports, it didn't seem nearly as much was COVID protocols, lack, lax, in the NHL?
2: No, well, I don't know the answer to that. I guess it's how, you know, everybody handled the situation. But I, I will tell you this. There were a couple of things that I think led to the cancel, well, the postponements of games. Rescheduling. Right. Reschedules and all that. I think the border had a big, big factor in this. Okay. Right. So there were certainly games that were rescheduled because teams were struggling with, with a COVID outbreak no question about it it happened and i think in hockey too it almost you know a you're dealing with twice as many players as you are in the nba you're just about right in hockey so you're gonna have that you need more players in the game than you do you know in nba like let's be honest i mean you had eight guys for an nba roster you'd be fine right Right. You, you know eight nine guys you can't really do that in hockey it doesn't lend itself to to that so um i think that had something to do with maybe more COVID cases and whatnot. And, you know, I don't know if it has to do with, you know, equipment and closeness and proximity to each other on the ice and, and, you know, and in a locker room, how that, I, I don't know the medical behind that, but the border had something to do with this too, because a lot of games remember were postponed and had to be rescheduled because the NHL didn't want to play them in front of no fans. Right. You know, I mean, it's a, it's a massive loss for, for Ottawa huge loss for winnipeg for calgary for Edmonton. i mean huge losses montreal and toronto i mean these are big markets which isn't,
0: it, which isn't really huge. fair to the other team again getting back yeah. to fairness it wasn't really fair that they just canceled them because they wanted to make more money as opposed to it's if business. the players were all healthy they should have played
2: well it's a business right, right. so it. I, it. I, I understand that point but really to me what it comes down to is this is a business and the Ottawa Senators, for example, I don't know the exact amount, but I, I, they were losing a lot of money by not having the ability to even have 50% of their building wow. filled. And it does comes down to dollars and cents sometimes. Players can be healthy, but if these teams can't make money, right, it impacts the bottom line of hockey related revenue that impacts the bottom line for the players and the owners, because as you know, the NHL and the NHL, the, the hockey-related revenue is a 50-50 split. That's how they base the salary cap. So if the impact is financial, it's going to impact the players as much as it does the owners. And I think people don't quite understand that. That that's And how it impacts the players is the salary cap won't go up. So if the salary cap can't go up, then there's less money in the pool for these players. So it impact, it doesn't does it impact a guy making nine million on a salary right now? No, it impacts the free agent. It impacts right. the rookie coming off his entry level deal. Right, that's where the impact is felt. That's a
0: good point. More with Dan Rosen from NHL.com in just a moment. But first, you know we're post Super Bowl, we're post NBA All Star, we're ready to head to the home stretch in both the hoops and the hockey let's welcome in the head odds maker at Bovada, Patrick Morrow, for more insight. Let's take a look at the NBA now that the All-Star uh, shenanigans are over. Um, <laughs> I feel bad. I didn't see any of it.
1: Um, you the, shouldn't feel bad.
0: <laughs> the NBA comes back on uh, th- Thursday night uh, this week uh, with a big national t- uh, television uh, doubleheader on TNT, including the Boston Celtics, who, uh, you know, are, have, have title aspirations against a Brooklyn Nets team that I would imagine are still one of the favorites to to win in the Eastern Conference, despite that long losing streak and the fact that they've fallen down in the standings.
1: Yeah, Seth, uh, yeah, what what a brutal All-Star weekend that was. I mean, I, I never... Particularly look forward to it, but the dunk cost contest was the worst ever. The skills thing was a little bit weird. Uh 3.1 was actually kind of cool this time. Just seeing a big man like hey towns win it. But uh yeah, you know, another nonsense event that uh again, we post those odds because people love to bet it. But uh yeah, worst slam dunk contest of my life. Uh looking ahead to the actual games on the hard court, uh yeah, I, I'm, I'm pretty excited for the return of NBA on Thursday. We've got some great games uh, now with football behind us. Uh, I've eased myself back into uh, the NBA schedule and, uh, you know, there's there's no better day of the week than the TNT doubleheader. Uh, you know, they're, they're not the most serious crew, but they are a lot of fun and they keep it real lighthearted. That, that's how I kind of like to enjoy the NBA is with that uh, crew on the TNT doubleheader Thursday night and uh, yeah, looking into I, I, it's not really the second half of the season, but we'll call it the second part of the season post All-Star break. Uh, more than half of the games have been played. It, it is interesting to see uh, what these teams look like now in February, in the latter part of February, compared to earlier in the year. And you've got to look at a team like the Boston Celtics, which were not on our radar at all for most of the year, but have made a pretty decent run of late to put them in contention. We have seen them move all the way from 75-1 to 1, down to 30-1 to 1 at Bavada. But uh, And you hinted at it. uh, I I think uh, one of the two more interesting stories are the Golden State Warriors and the Brooklyn Nets. Uh, The Brooklyn Nets for most of the season, Seth, have been the favorite at Bovada. I think they got as low as plus 250 at one point, which is pretty significant uh, with that many teams theoretically in contention. But uh, the real story, I think, has been the Golden State Warriors. And uh, they are our biggest liability on the board right now, which is kind of unfortunate because they're all the way down to 4-1. To they are just behind the Phoenix Suns, your plus 375 favorite at Bavada. But those Golden State Warriors, early in the season, you were able to get them as high as 15-1. to one. And listen, they are, they are firing on all cylinders. They're finally healthy. They look really, really good. They look like the team that has won multiple championships under Steve Kerr, with Steph Curry, Draymond Green, and the whole cast of characters there. Uh, they are dangerous, and that's the one thing that we are really watching out for now because looking at the rest of the Futures boards, our positions are okay, but we have a massive loss at Bavada if Golden State is able to pull it out. Again, they're just behind the Phoenix Suns right now on that NBA Futures board. Taking a look at the NHL, I mean, Colorado... Uh, a great team uh, Florida
0: great team Carolina Tampa Pittsburgh's right up there um, I mean any one of those teams can win the cup uh, your Leafs are probably in that second tier with the oh, Rangers the Capitals gosh. the Flames the Blues like there's a handful of Minnesota you have to throw in but what I love the the NHL will do and you tell me about like whatever futures odds you can see is I just love how all these teams that can make the playoffs that you know just get in and you have the dogfight of your life. like there are no gimmies in the first round.
1: Yes, yeah, that the uh, the beauty of the NHL format is that so many teams from the beginning of the year, and even now, as you just said, uh, they are they are in the mix. Anybody can win the Stanley Cup, especially if you make it into the playoffs. If a goalie runs hot, the nature of the games themselves uh, lend themselves to shorter money lines than a lot of other sports out there. Uh, yeah, yeah, we know who the best teams are, but there's not this gap that we see in other sports like this. And that's why when you look at the futures board, you have more uh, players that are willing to take those long shots. And, uh, you know, looking at our liabilities right now at Vada Seth, Uh, It's not a huge surprise that a team like the Edmonton Oilers that have been inconsistent are incredibly popular right now at 25 to 1. Because if the season ended today, they're in the playoffs. And listen, I'm not someone that wants to be betting against Connor McDavid. (laughs) You know, if I can get 25 to 1 on a team like that running a little bit hot. Yeah, I'd absolutely throw a couple bucks on that for, I don't want to say a lottery ticket, but they're in the mix. Like you can't really say any of these teams that are there right now. If they make the playoffs, they all got a shot. And I think that's what's so attractive and compelling. Uh, you, you have Colorado right there, of course, at the top at four to one at Bavada right now. They are running away with it in the West. But uh, we have seen in previous seasons, uh, all that gets you is the President's Trophy. All the, that that in a dollar gets you the President's Trophy and a, and a cup of tea. But it is, uh, you know, it, it, it is the best and most compelling sport all year to watch because. We don't really kick out stragglers. We don't eliminate teams as quickly as other sports do. And uh, I I think that helps with the growth of the game and the growth of the betting interest in the game at Bovada.
0: That is the head odds maker at Bovada, Patrick Morrow, on all the things going on in the NBA and the NHL. More NHL conversation, though. We're in-depth with the NHL's own Dan Rosen of NHL.com right here.
2: And it impacts the the 13th forward on the team, you know, or I should say this, it it impacts the third line guy who's probably a two or three million dollar a year player, let's say two, three million dollar a year player who the team says, nope, can't have him anymore. I'm going to take the 13th forward, put him on the third line because he's making nine twenty five, you know, like that's how it that's it. It takes jobs away. Essentially, so sure. the bottom line matters. The, the money matters, and from a fan perspective, you don't care about that. Like I, I totally understand. No, no, that. no, no. I, like, but but I understand where, what you're yeah. saying.
0: And what I what I what I'm glad to say is that this season, you know, in, in a couple of weeks, if you're listening to this podcast when it's released, you know, we're 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 going we're heading into March. It looks like we can have a really strong finish. You've got yeah. you've got some great teams. You've got The thing that the NHL does better than anybody uh, to me is competitive balance. That's why I'm asking all these questions. I understand. The competitive balance in the NHL is the best when a couple of years ago, Toronto played Washington in the first round. Series went seven games, and literally both teams thought they could win the Stanley Cup Mm -hmm. in the first round. In the first round. And you know, you can say, you know, just nothing beats it. And you know what I've, you know, I come from a background. All right. I'm a Prince person, right? I worked with Prince for a year. Mm-hmm. I, I, I knew Prince. What I say about Prince is I don't tell you you have to like him. What I say is go see him perform when, when he was alive. Go see him perform and look me in the eye and tell me it sucked. Can't and it. no one can do it. <laughs> right. And it's the same <laughs> thing with the NHL. Go to a game. Watch him on TV because HDTVs are, are better now. It's not like the argument in the 90s. Ed Gorin was on this podcast, talked about why they had the glowing puck, the the idea that go to a hockey game and then look me in the eye and tell me it's awful. No one says that. It's fantastic. And the the sport is so underappreciated. Um, that's why I, I question all of these aspects, because, you know, the team there are. Tell me if you disagree with this. There are four to five teams that you would classify in the category of good that do not make the playoffs
2: probably maybe even more but
0: it's crazy right yes that's crazy
2: especially in you know this year this season in particular it's kind of weird in the eastern conference because you've got the eight teams that are like defined as they're the playoff teams right now Right. And there's eight that are out and maybe the Detroit red wings can sneak. I don't know, but it seems pretty locked in. That's very rare. Very, very rare.
0: Yeah. That doesn't usually, but happen. those
2: eight teams,
0: usually it goes down to like the final week. Yes. But
2: those eight teams, I mean, any one of them could go win the Stanley cup. Literally any one of them was win, and not a, nobody would be like, Oh yeah, well that's shocking. No. Yeah, yeah. Like any one of them could go win the Stanley cup. And now in the Western conference, you've got, probably closer to 11 or 12 teams right that that are in the mix there and some good teams some up and coming teams are. they're just not going to make it there could be like a team like the Dallas Stars that two years ago was in the Stanley Cup final right they may not make the playoffs again right I mean it's just kind of the the way it goes right now Um, it's it is the parity not making
0: the playoffs is not the doldrums like when I was growing up I was always told like if you don't make the playoffs you are you are you know How bad could you be like 16 teams make it? It's it's not that in hockey. It's not that easy.
2: No, it's 16 teams make it out of 32. And it's very hard. It's very hard to make the playoffs. Uh, And that's why you always hear guys talk about like the Tampa Bay lightning won the Stanley cup back to back years. This is this year. What are they talking about in training camp? Hey, we just want to get in. You know, we just want to give ourselves a chance. Right. And, And who's saying to yourself, They're they're gonna make it? Are you crazy? Like of course no. It look they just got to get in, right? I mean that that's how they all think, and it's a hockey mentality too. Like you know, never put us ahead of anything else. I get that, but it's it's very hard to get in. But back to what you were saying before, Seth. It uh, in regards to going to a game. Mm -hmm. Um, I a couple of weeks ago was able to get tickets for, um, my. So my my son could go and I and I was able. He went with three of his buddies and one how of his old, friends' How old father, are we talking? About? All twelve years old. Okay, right. Well, one of them's thirteen now, right? And so he went with uh, two of his buddies and one of his friends' fathers went with him. And I was working the game. I was covering the game, right? And they had the time of their lives. They loved it. After the game, they all went over to the NHL store. They all got Artemi Panarin shirts, right? They, they had the time of their lives. And then in the car ride home, and of you know, I was working the game, but I they. They waited for me and everything. We went back together. They're all talking about the Rangers and they're talking about it like, well, we're here now. They're like we. It's a we thing now, right? I love it. They, because they went to one hockey game, right? Because they went to one game. And it, I mean, my son had been to a few games before that, obviously, but it's like these two of his buddies, they went to the, it was their first time ever at a game.
0: And they're 12 years
2: old. They loved it. They yep. want to go back. They can't wait to go back. And I'm like, well, it's not that easy to get back. I mean, right. it's, <laughs> you know, like, you know, it's it's expensive to go, but they want to go. They want to go well, back right away.
0: I'll counter that. Um, my 13 year old uh, girl, um, we started. I I took them to games when they were five. You know, mm-hmm. I would take them. Yeah. Uh, to, to, when they were five years old, they used to love uh the the the, the devil guy. That was their mm-hmm. thing. Um, I always thought my kid was a prodigy because she could figure out that Jordan Tutu was number 22. I thought that was incredible. I was like, she's gotta be like, like a genius or something. Like who, who notices that? Um, But what my 13 year old has evolved into is this is what she wants to do. Now, part of this is COVID and being home a lot, Mm -hmm. but now we circle the games on the calendar. She we sit together and for a 13-year-old girl to hang with her dad is a cherished thing. Absolutely. And just the idea that the, the reason I'm frustrated with this season is I want the devils to win a little more. Yeah. Just because I'm I'm worried that she's gonna lose interest, but she has embraced it to the point of my Jordan 2-2 daughter was in a mall and saw Jonathan Bernier at a restaurant and took a picture and said, Dad, is that Jonathan Bernier? He wears a mask. He wears a mask. <laughs> that's pretty I good. I couldn't believe it. So what I but but this is a natural transition because your son, my daughter are not ever going to get cable. Um, and see where we're going. there.
2: Yes, that's uh, we true. had
0: Gary Bettman on about Uh, Last year, for episode 299, we asked him this question. I've had other people who have asked this same question, too. The NHL, uh, like all the sports uh, outside of the NFL, have to reevaluate their commitment to regional sports networks. The argument is, uh, I don't care if you're a Rangers fan, an Islander fan, or a Devils fan, the MSG app is the worst app in existence. There's no Apple TV version, just for mm-hmm. an example. In order to activate the MSG app, not only do you have to have a password from a cable company, right? but on top of that, you have to airplay to Apple TV. And if you get a tweet, a text, or a weather alert, you get knocked off. My point being, my po- and, and the MSG app is the, the worst app going. My point is, is that right now, those two kids that we were just talking about are 12 and 13. Right. If they go to school in this area, in the in the New York tri-state area, Mm -hmm. they're not getting cable. They will not have access to this team that you just said they're calling we. They won't have it. This is becoming a crisis in 2021. The numbers went from January to December where it was 35% of us households had cut the cord now it's 50-50 i imagine by the time this podcast comes out it's mm-hmm. going to be even more what is the league's stance the the, the the reason i i i wonder is because of the nhl's longstanding partnership with mlb mlb's talking about you know creating like an app where you yeah. can get your you, the blackout rules you know eradicated. Mm-hmm. Where what what's the stance on this? And when the announcement came of ESPN Plus, mm-hmm. the press release said not only that, but with an ESPN Plus subscribership, 1000 out of market games. Mm-hmm. In hockey, regionalization matters. Yes. Unlike basketball, for example, So to tell me that it's easy to see the Nashville Predators or the Columbus freaking Blue Jackets doesn't make a lot of sense. And this is something that Gary's response was, we're on it. We know. What I'm asking as somebody who covers the league, how far off is this and how possible will it be for cord cutters for a fee? I'm not asking for free, for a fee can be able to watch their local team in their local market. And it applies to Detroit, Philadelphia, Colorado, Dallas. This is not a New York question. Yep. Although no. the MSG app sucks and it's my podcast, I can say it as much as I want.
2: I don't understand blackout rules. That, that's where <laughs> they I'll They're insane. Okay, so I don't understand blackout rules. I get it from the perspective of the cable company. They don't yep. want to offer this to you through ESPN+. Plus. They want you to purchase their product service right right?
0: they want you to buy you know optimum so that you'll you get their product right yeah
2: to but what i don't understand about it and i and what i'd like to see from you know from a league perspective um is like you said an investment in the regional sports networks to where they get a cut of what's going on through the app that you know through the national partner right like i think that there has to be something that is set aside a subsidy set aside for these regional sports networks because you're 100 right. Cord cutting is going on. We've talked about it. You know, in my household, we have we haven't done it yet, but we've talked about it.
0: Um, and oh, come uh, to I, the and, dark side, my friend. Oh, it's great. <laughs>
2: so we've talked. We haven't. We're not there yet, but um, <laughs> we're close. We're close. Uh, part of the reason I'm not there yet is that I need the NHL network, and I can't you know can't get the
0: nhl network network, you can get one thousand out of market hockey games exactly but you cannot get the nhl network and for that matter just so the only network i have hulu live and Mm -hmm. the only network i can see is the nfl network right that's ridiculous and it you know for from a baseball perspective my argument this summer when uh there was a ken griffey jr documentary on the mlb Mm -hmm. network and i said if you pay for mlb.tv MLB network should be thrown in. Yeah. It should be thrown in like that. That's insanity. Yeah. It's different now with ESPN plus and, and the NHL network. I understand.
2: Right. So, but I just, I I do think that the regional sports networks to serve, they they have to survive because you're not going to have national broadcasts for 32 teams for every game. That's not going to happen. Right. So they have to survive. There has to be a way. And there needs to be, I, look, I'm, I speak from an NHL employee perspective, right? Yeah, Dude, yeah. There needs to be an investment in them. What they're doing right now, honestly, I couldn't tell you. I, I honestly, I, I don't know, but I'm on 100% on board that there has to be investment. And and like if I were to go, so the time I log in to the NHL, to, the ES, to ESPN, Plus, and mm-hmm. if I want to see the devils play, right? lift the blackout restriction yep. and as a result even if you want to raise the price of ESPN plus and give the difference of each subscription to that regional sports network where they're geo targeted right and that's a way for the regional sports networks to say we're still making money
0: it even won't be if as you're much cutting the court,
2: right. you know well
0: the the argument to me also also
2: i will say this yeah
0: the regional sports
2: networks also have to do more too right i mean uh-huh. they 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 need to be a be more on board technologically uh then you know they need to catch up in that near in, in that in that area as well and i also think they need to deliver like there are some networks that just don't give you as much you'll get the game but you you know are you going to get a, a, a a good, like MSG does a pretty good job with it. A good preview show, a good post-game show. Are they all doing that? You know, are you getting, are you getting more, are you getting your money's worth uh, for it? And, and is there, and I don't want the competition, but I mean, is, and I don't think MSG network MSG website does this. Like, is there, you know, written content? Is there online content? Is there some areas where I can go you know, it, you know, even if I have to pay a subscription for that too. You know, like just you know, if I like if I'm a die hard devils fan and I I know one. Yeah, right, Like if I'm a diehard devils fan, islanders fan, ranger fan, we're just using that because we're in this market, right? Uh-huh. Like I would go to MSG.com and and read. If there was content there. I, there was I mean, content. I know
0: I know yeah. that the you know the athletic does a great job. You guys do a great job. Sure. That's who I go for. And I'm not sure.
2: trying to promote them to do it because you know no. Yeah.
0: This episode of Sports with Friends is brought to you by Blue Chew. Listen, owning your own podcast means you can talk about anything. The feedback I get from this podcast is that it is an intimate conversation. Well, what's more intimate than talking about sex? There are all kinds of reasons guys aren't able to perform. Age, medical conditions, stress. It's not something that you should be stressing out about. It happens. It's okay. And usually, if whatever the reason is can be rectified, you will be just fine. But you don't want it to impact your social life. And if you have the opportunity to have sex, you do not want something to impede your possibilities. The Chewables from BlueChew.com can help make sure you're able to perform at your best every time you get the opportunity to have sex. It's a unique online service that delivers the same active ingredients as Viagra or Cialis, but in chewable form and at a fraction of the cost. Blue Chew tablets help men achieve harder, stronger erections. Blue Chew is an online prescription service, so no visits to the doctor office. No awkward conversation. Have you ever had a conversation about sexual dysfunction with a doctor? No waiting in line at the pharmacy. It ships right to your door in a discreet package. The process is simple. Sign up at BlueChew.com. Consult with one of their licensed medical providers. And once you're approved, you receive your prescription within days. The best part? It's all done online. Sex should be the best part of your day when you get to have it. Don't let whatever happened during your day get in your head and ruin the fun they're made in the usa prepare and ship direct so it's cheaper than a pharmacy and we have a special deal here at sports with friends try blue chew free when you use the promo code swf at checkout sports with friends you just pay five dollars shipping that's blue promo code swf to receive your first month free we thank blue chew for being a sponsor of sports with friends The thing that the NHL did, in my opinion, and I kind of want to transition this to the ESPN conversation and TNT. Let's bring them into the Mm -hmm. conversation as well. I thought when ESPN joined NBC, um, you know, 20 years ago, what I thought the NHL did best at that point was stop worrying about markets that don't give a crap about them. Mm start caring and putting your marketing dollars to make sure that the red wings are beloved in Detroit and make sure that the blue jackets are loved in Columbus. And I thought once the NBC situation happened, I just thought the emphasis was more on that. And the first incarnation of ESPN didn't, you know, the, what I, what I feared would happen. And I don't think it's happened so far is that TNT is treating the NHL like they treat the NBA. The NBA, there are six teams that the NBA cares about. Mm -hmm. And if you are not one of those six teams, you feel it Mm -hmm. and you know it. The NHL doesn't do that. And so I guess my question to you is, in year one of the TNT slash ESPN world, uh, what's been the reaction so far from people that you talk to? how is it being perceived? I think the broadcasts are strong. You know, I, I think the broadcasts are strong, but I'm not the target dem. I'm not the person that I'll watch. What, you know, if they're in Telemundo, I'll watch them. Mm-hmm. I'm not that person. You know what I'm saying? Well, I just think
2: the footprint on ESPN is huge, and I think that's been one of the biggest things. And and I do. I think the you know the the coverage is strong. Um, you're seeing, like, you're just even seeing more hockey coverage on ESPN.com as a result, you know, mm-hmm. th- that's happening um, there. They have, you know, Butchagross has the, the, the point, his show um, they, there there's a footprint there and it's growing. I think it's still growing. And I, I'm very curious to see how it manifests itself in the playoffs too. So I think that's going to be a key factor in this as well, but ESPN plus is a very well-known entity now. And in, in terms of sports apps and to be on there, I think is enormous for the national hockey league well, to have merged some with, uh, with
0: Hulu. So if yeah. you, if you have Hulu and you have that bundle, all the ESPN games show up on Hulu. Yeah. And it's easy. It's, it's brilliant. So there easy. are games on yeah. every day.
2: Yeah. And it's so easy. It's so user-friendly too. Like I, I find it to be incredibly user-friendly. Um, you know, having some big events on ESPN, you know, ABC, I think, you know, all of that footprint, it's year one. And I think it's making a difference because there's more of a, a I do believe there's, there will, there has been, and there will be more of a national conversation in terms of the national hockey, especially as we get to the playoffs, right? So that's number one for TNT, look, Florida and Carolina were on TNT the other night, right? You know, those are, those are not those are two exceptional teams that should be promoted because their play is awesome, and that could make for an incredible playoff series if they were involved in it. And I thought it was great that these two teams that are not national brands necessarily who decides that it. is
0: that Turner decides that or is that the NHL decides that? I would think. How, it's how a, does that work?
2: I, I think it's a Turner in consultation with the NHL broadcasting department, you know, and, and, and how the schedule is made and where the schedule, what goes on and whatnot, but it was great. I mean, they had a really smart, they had a president Florida, Carolina, which was, I don't know if you watch it, but I mean, Florida, I watched a lot of that game. It was a nasty, fun, fast playoff type hockey game. And I don't like using the words playoff type in February, but that's kind of the feel that it had watching it. Um, and that well, was if it prelude- looks like a
0: duck and acts like a duck, yeah, it's yeah,
2: and that was the prelude to Jack Eichel's debut with the Vegas Golden Knights, and so you had two games on TNT that night: Florida, Carolina could be a preview of the Eastern Conference Final; Vegas, Colorado could be a preview of the Western Conference Final. And I would tell you, I mean, it wasn't Detroit, it wasn't Chicago, it wasn't New York, it wasn't Montreal, it wasn't Toronto, Boston, right? It was Vegas, brand new. Colorado been around a while. Obviously, we know who they are, right? Um, you know, Florida hasn't won a playoff round since 1996 and Carolina, which is, you know, I, I love it, but it's a smaller market team, right? And yet it was great hockey. I don't know the audience, to be honest with you, but if you tuned in, you were hooked and you were going to watch next game too.
0: Well, you're you're not allowed as an NHL employee to comment on this, but uh, one of the things I tried to pepper uh, Gary on uh, a couple of, uh, last year when, when we had it, when the NHL did the reverse retro mm-hmm. and uh, Carolina and Colorado decided that their reverse retro were going yeah. to be logos of cities they bailed on. Yeah. Um, I, you know, people were clamoring for them and social media was all over these godforsaken uniforms. I saw Carolina did a, a complete retro night where it wasn't even the the, the specialized Jersey. It was, they were wearing whalers, uniforms. They were the whale. Yeah. And my issue with that is I think that's a big slap of the face to the cities. They left. Um it, it, it's like ripping open an old wound. Relocation is something to me in sports that is greatly undercovered, And I always think it would be a great documentary of the, you know, each story of relocation has a saga, you know, the Cleveland Browns, sure. the oh, yeah, Baltimore Colts, the the Brooklyn Dodgers. I mean, you could go to the 50s, but you could also do the Seattle Supersonics and, you know, all, all the things that have gone there. Um, what's your thought on When you leave a city, you know, it's one thing for Dallas to use North Stars colors because Minnesota got a team. Mm -hmm. Quebec and Hartford are not getting a team anytime soon. So the idea of that, to me, is just a big F you to those cities. And I'm surprised for such a fan friendly sport that they went through this. Well,
2: I yeah, they sold, though. You know, like, Oh, I know. <laughs> that's the thing, right? And again, it comes down to money. It comes down, and I don't <laughs> like it's sports. We don't want to think about it as being about the dollars, but it is. You know, it's yeah. a business, a huge business. But I know, so I love the Whalers jerseys. Are you kidding? I thought it was great. But yes, if I was a Hartford Whalers fan, and my I watched my team lead. like my father was a Brooklyn Dodgers fan, right? Yeah, yeah. He, he I think, it softened in the years right. gone by and also but New the York got another Los team. Angeles right. made it's not him the same. squirrely, you know yeah yeah i <laughs> so, no, i get right. it. i get all right it. um and you know you've had now gener- a generation of fan of fans that have you know not known the Quebec Nordiques not known the Hartford Whalers yeah. so it, there is that um, there's also, you know, and, and I'm sure, you know, the commissioner brought this into to light as well. Nobody wanted to own the team in Quebec. Right. I mean, there was no building in Hartford. Right. There was, they had to go bigger and then, and, and so they moved, but then I look at the Arizona coyotes. So let's look at them. Right. Cause it's uh, right. That was next on my list. So it's a big market. One of the biggest, right. It's an awful sports town. It, it's not a great sports town. I'll give you that. But when they're good, what happens when the coyotes are good? When they're in the playoffs and they're a good team, doesn't matter where they play. The building fills up. It's white out. The fans go insane, right? It's a win or else market. There's a lot of them, right? It's a win or else market. The or else is bad. So the Arizona Coyote, the commissioner, the National Hockey League has been so dead set against moving this team that continues to have road bump after road bump after road bump. And now they're yeah, gonna if, go play. If David
0: Stern had the same uh, conviction, the Sonics never would have left. Continue.
2: Right. And oh, by the way, they'll they'll get a team eventually. Why? Because National Hockey League went there. Um, yeah, yeah, that's right. That's right. Um, you know. So now they're gonna go play for a couple of years in Arizona State at a five thousand seat stadium, which, by the way, is a state of the there? art. I, I've not been to the new arena. Not no, yet. Uh, state of the art building from everything. They're putting $20 million into it to build it out for NHL facilities that they need in terms of back of the, you know, back of the house facilities that they need. Is it ideal? No. You want a national hockey League team playing in front of 16, 17, 18, 19,000 fans, right? Of course. Not. Could it be a terrific home ice advantage? It could be. Like a college atmosphere. Like a Duke. Right?
0: Yeah. Like it could be Compared a cure. to 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 terrific. to Duke. And- I, I, Look i what was I, the story? What was the story of where like they didn't make a payment or something they didn't pay their rent or something? Why is the coyotes' situation with their arena so awful? Why can't they just play there you know, and build a new arena like because isn't there a dollar figure that can mend whatever wounds there are? Or,
2: uh, what from everything I've heard is it was not that they didn't pay bills. it was a in a change of ownership things got misdirected or whatever it is they as soon as it was determined that these are outstanding payments the payments were made right so it wasn't like i don't think there was anything nefarious going on there it was just oh this was missed in an accounting area oh you yeah. owe this oh you saw this. that was
0: a headline and then all of a sudden everybody see you know and now right. they're everybody playing everybody jumps in the 5, on it because the arena it's like you didn't pay your rent
2: right because and everybody looks at the arizona coyotes and says well, why are they still there they've had so many issues you know all that stuff right Well, they're still there because if if they can get a new building in in, in the area that it works, it's going to work. And if they can build a team there that's going to win, it's going to be even better. Okay, so that's what the other thing is, and the commissioner brought this up, and I wasn't even aware of this, is that Glendale, the city of Glendale, wanted the Coyotes to stay, wanted them to sign a 25-year lease to stay in the building. They don't want to sign a 25-year lease to stay in that building, right? Because it's not... Have you been there? Because it's
0: impossible
2: no, to get to. If you work in downtown Phoenix or you're in Scottsdale or Tempe oh, really? or Mesa or whatever, it's yeah, an yeah. hour plus to get out to that building. Huh. And I've been
0: to Arizona a bunch. I've just never yeah. been to a Coyote. And team. the
2: bulk of their fan base, as they've geographically done all the studies, is in the East mm-hmm. Valley. That building is in the West Valley. It's a really nice area, but it's in the West Valley. It's hard. It's, mm-hmm. It makes it hard for the fans to get there. And it's a drive crowd. It's not a train crowd. It's not here, right? I mean, you have to get in your car and physically drive to the game, right? So there's that. So they don't want to sign there. They want a building in the East Valley. That's the new owner is so focused and dead set on a Tempe area building. And this move to Arizona State, while not ideal, is temporary provided they can get the new building if they can't i think the whole thing has to be reevaluated because they can't stay playing in a 5000 seat building in perpetuity right i did, mean they did, have to be did the to
0: nhl give the build. coyotes a deadline did they say you get two seasons of this and that's it i
2: think it's three i think they're going to get three um and you know, it could I guess it could go to a fourth if they secure the building and it that depends on stall, you know, how the building is going up, right? Sure. I mean, you know, and if a pandemic
0: comes and- yeah,
2: all that stuff. <laughs> but I think it's three years is what they're supposed to be in right now for the Arizona State. And they they have the, you know, they're 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 waiting basically, I think, on the city of Tempe right now, uh, in terms of approvals for where they want to build the building. If they can get that building. It's, it's going to change the fortunes of this team. I really do think it will. If they can't get it, then maybe at that point a relocation is going to have to happen. But I don't know. I mean, that's not where the NHL wants to go right now. They have four. They have fought tooth and nail to keep this team where it is because the market is big. And it can be strong for this particular team. When the D-backs were good, full, full houses, right? Suns now, full houses, right? I mean, when the Coyotes are in the playoffs, it's a scene, you know?
0: Do the Suns still have that gorilla? <laughs> I think so.
2: I don't I know. So. I don't know. I'm not an NBA guy, so I don't follow much about it at all. <laughs> so I, little, I, I, it. Little, I remember that. So little, <laughs> I pay
0: attention to, to, to them. Um, uh, the expansion, uh, Vegas and Seattle are both massive successes. Uh, Seattle hasn't seen it on the ice, but that, that's okay. You know that That's not what, what's great about it. Um, the reaction, you know, we talked in the beginning of the, this podcast about just see a game and then tell me it's awful. Uh, you know, people in Seattle, you know, I used to live there and and, and and work there and that city is hamstrung from the loss of that basketball team. Mm-hmm. This supporting this hockey team will help. Well, they'll do it. Then they see the hockey team and it's great and their uniforms are sweet. Um, it just, it's a, it seems like a really, really healthy uh, setup. What, what, What's your what's been your take on on the Kraken and just the perception of them both from an, a reporting standpoint but just as an overall league person?
2: Well I think I think it's been a success story you know business wise and you know marketing wise and you know people embracing them. There's no question about it. the building is I've never been I haven't been yet but the, I'm heard I've heard the building is absolutely exceptional. From the on ice perspective, obviously they've struggled, but you would expect that of an expansion team and that you have to look at what they've come in at a, they have come in with obvious comparisons to the Vegas golden Knights who did something that no expansion team in history has ever done go to the Stanley cup final in their first year and be a dominant team every year. Pretty much. That's kind of just like crazy, right? That's insane. Um, so good luck with that. And they they tried to, str- you know, run from those comparisons based on l- just look what they did in the expansion draft, made no trades, didn't do I mean, but also teams learned from Vegas as well. Other general right. managers were like, just staying away from this one, you know. Right. Right. Um, but I think from just an overall perspective, it's been a, a roaring success because they love it there. And it's it's. You're right. The uniforms are sweet. They just did it. They just made history. They just had the first all-black uh, television yeah. broadcast. You know, with yeah. Everett yeah. Fitzhugh and JT Brown, they're breaking barriers in so many different ways. I think it's 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 really been uh, a true success story for one year for a team breaking in. Like I said, with those comparisons to Vegas, but in a pandemic too. I so
0: mean, <laughs> come on,
2: you know, it's so, not that easy. Uh, Everett
0: Fitzhugh was supposed to be on the podcast because he was supposed to call the first ever Kraken game and then he, he, what we were going to do is we were going to get together when they came east in the very first week of the season sure. they had a road trip and he had COVID. And, and he got covid yeah <laughs> so we never had him on we yeah. uh, you should reconnect with him uh you see i've i've listened he seems like a a great broadcaster seems mm-hmm. like a good dude and uh you know what what they're doing up there my old uh station got the rights which i thought was awesome kjr is is uh, doing the nice. cracking yeah. game so uh, I'm, I'm pretty uh happy with that it seems like a, a, a very good uh scenario. Uh how important as we wrap this up, how important are international games? Um what and when I say international games, um there was talk. Bill Daly was saying this at the All-Star game. Mm-hmm. The All-Star game, by the way, has become a television cornucopia. It's mm-hmm. freaking hilarious.
2: The skills are great. The skills and, are And amazing. the game has is, is actually yeah, better
0: now because they're doing the three on three. It's so fun. smart. Uh Jack Hughes got robbed. Um, the uh, the, uh, the the reasons to not play in the Olympics I thought the NHL did a really smart job and Gary is a master at this make sure it's the players decisions mm-hmm. to let if the players had insisted they were going re- despite the fact that it was in China despite the fact that all this COVID stuff was going on if the players had insisted they were going and there's all that to, to, to say. Um, but there needs to not be a reliant on a very selfish international Olympic committee that will put these games all over the world uh, wherever they can get a buck. The NHL needs to have either call it a World Cup. You call it whatever the hell you want. You can call it uh, the Flintstones. I, it doesn't matter w- what it is, but just the idea that people don't realize. I don't, I don't think this younger generation realizes Just how many countries are represented and Mm -hmm. how if you had an international tournament, it would be the ultimate all-star tournament that the players would care as much about, if not more, than the jerseys that they sign contracts to. Um, It's coming. What what can you tell us? Give me details.
2: They're talking about a new World Cup, um, a World Cup probably in 2024. Uh, There's already been talks, the negotiations with the NHLPA discussions about that. Um, there is a commitment in the to-
0: season or in the summer.
2: See what I have heard. It will be in season. So it will be like, not, not preseason, right. Not summer that there would be like an Olympic break, mm. but the key thing here, which I think is actually great. Cause now you're going to have teams. You're going to have guys roaring they're right. I mean,
0: now the, the world cup and not they're also you know, going to get hurt. Well, I, I just worry about in season because of injury.
2: I understand, but you, preseason doesn't matter, right? You get hurt and you miss part of the no, season. No,
0: I, I would do it in July. And, oh, if the guys really, go for that. and if you don't want to do it in July, I'd do it in June when you know, 12 of the 16 teams are eliminated and then have the only teams that aren't involved have them be like they used to do with the, well, with the World Cup. Then
2: you're going to be competing against your own product. You're, you know, in June... Well, if, if you, you play
0: it in Europe and you play the games during the daytime...
2: Nah, you'd be competing against your own coverage, your own product and all that. I like it in season. I don't mind the Olympics in season. I don't. The problem with the Olympics would not be an issue at all with a World Cup. The National Hockey League and the NHLPA would be in control. They would have their own national television partners, right? They would have their own national sponsors. The the money would be made by by them doing it. They wouldn't be reliant on the IOC and the IIHF and, and it'd not, be available not, to cord
0: cutters, right?
2: Not being just to
0: tie it all full circle, <laughs> not
2: being able to showcase any highlights anywhere. Like Sidney Crosby scored maybe the most famous goal in hockey. One of the most famous yeah. goals in hockey, right? He is a national hockey league star. That goal cannot be found on our website, found on our website anywhere. You cannot find a video of that. Why? Because it belongs. And even though NBC was a national partner, it wow. belongs to the IOC. It's the rights holder, right? Huh. They have it. It's it. I I never looked, but that's interesting. You cannot be found. And I mean, at that Olympics in Vancouver, the NHL studios crew had to do interviews at a restaurant, at an Earl's restaurant in Vancouver, where the the, the teams had to take players there because they weren't even allowed on site at there. Okay. So crazy. Right. Um, And so that's a big thing. That's part of the reason. There's no control for the National Hockey League. There's no benefit to the National Hockey League sending players to the Olympics. There's none. There's no bump. There's
0: no benefit. But if right. you have and a And the World players cup, don't care that it's an Olympic medal, they just want to play for their country. Like, well, they, they want to
2: play for the country. They love the, the Olympic gold, is huge. And the players still want that. But if you factor in a World Cup and you see how so it would be goes, every two
0: years, you'd have to play every, a World Cup. And then 24, Olympics. and then you play in Olympics in 26. Right. Exactly.
2: So you can get the best of both worlds and the national hockey league can, can, can improve as it goes on the world cup. And then determine if the Olympics are, you know, something that the players still want to do, you know, like that. W- w- maybe things change. Maybe thoughts change guys who grew up going to the, remember the players now grew up with the Olympics, right? 10, 20 years from now, if we don't go to the Olympics, the players didn't grow up with the Olympics right. changes. Right. So, I mean, you know, the guys who went in '98, they were jacked up to go because they thought they'd never have a chance to go. They watched 1980, you know, like right, it's, right, right. it's completely different. Right. So, um, but I, the World Cup, I think, is definitely coming back. International is huge. The league's going to go back to international regular season games next year at to start. Oh, cool. Want to continue to be able to sell the game in the markets that you know, have but like hockey, hockey markets. And yeah. there's a lot of European markets that are that way. I've been to those games, the international games, global series, NHL Premiere, And it's great. I mean, people love it. It's talked about. It's a huge thing in the market there. Um, you usually get a guy or two that come home to play and, and it's a big deal. And I think they want to keep that up. They got to get back to that. The pandemic stopped it, but they'll get back to it.
0: The NHL just seems like, business is good. It just seems like things are going as long as they well. can fill the buildings. I don't know. I I you know, I I don't know. I I thought, you know, what this episode shows is you can be very objective and while everything in in the sport is not perfect, I would rather have the NHL's problems than the nfl's problems or baseball's problems we
2: were at baseball a couple you know not long ago you know 10 years ago i'm seeing what's happening in baseball now and it's like bringing back like nightmares
0: (laughs) i know but when gary bettman was on sports with friends you know i asked him about that and you know he made these are my words not his Mm -hmm. he made a better sport And the reality of it is, is his legacy will be stained with that, but he can sleep well at night knowing he did what was best for the league. And that was a low point, but they have responded in spades. Mm -hmm. I mean, it just all again, for those of you listening to this podcast that did not say, say, well, that Dan Rosen's a charming fellow. That's all well and good watch a game and then come back and tweet at him. Don't ignore me, but tweet (laughs) at him and say I saw a hockey game because you came on Sports and Friends and it was amazing. And I'm telling you, just let the sport sell itself. I always say let people's actions speak for themselves. Don't have to overly sell this thing. Go see this sport. Mm -hmm. I I think it's great. Uh, Dan, uh, social media uh, helps you with with promoting your articles and, and, and whatnot. Um, how can people find you online?
2: Yeah. Um, well, any, all of my articles are on NHL.com, and I'm very active on Twitter, at DRosenNHL as well.
0: Yeah, and uh, if there's anything in this podcast that you heard um, that that you didn't like or, or had an issue with, do me a favor. Uh, Coyotes fans, reach out to Dan directly. Yeah, leave me out. The hell out. I love
2: chatting. I do a mailbag every week, and I talk to the fans every week, so it's great.
0: That's no, fun. Dan Rosen, folks. Uh, fantastic interview. Uh, great segment here on Sports and Friends. We appreciate you listening every Wednesday. A new episode comes out.
3: Thanks so much for tuning in.
0: We'll see you next time.
3: If you want me to stay, I'll be around today To be available for you to see I'm about to go And then you'll know for me to stay here i got to be me you'll never be in doubt that's what it's all about you can't take me for granted and smile